I'm doing this not because I need the money. I'm doing it because I enjoy it. And I'm finally ready since I've had so much success in my athletics, I want to be able to share some of that knowledge and experience with other people. And this is perfect for that. So it's more about the quality of people's programs and their results, not how many clients can I say that I can squeeze in in my free time, you know, that doesn't do anyone any good. everyone and welcome to episode 149 of the supersetyourlife.com podcast your weekly dose of entertainment education and inspiration to fuel your life inside and beyond the gym carly kovacic still got a little bit of the battle tan left from the npc emerald cup so now she can officially say as of last weekend she has competed in the largest npc show in the pacific northwest Coach Mark and I are going to recap that with her and go over her reverse diet and mountain climbing plans. As when she's not working or in the gym, she's usually like in the Alps somewhere, running a marathon or eating a bowl of oatmeal. <laughs> uh, her last show was the NPC Northwest Championships in November of 2022, which was also my last show. You can check out episode 108 and 123 of our show to hear us relive that crazy story and talk all about running if you're a bodybuilder and whether or not it's possible to do bodybuilding and running. Mike Parker on our last interview, just yesterday actually, talked about how to become undeniable. And Carly is an athlete that fits every part of that description. Working with go-getters like this lady is an honor because her drive and dedication to everything she does sets the pace for our own training inside and beyond the gym. <laughs> Carly and Mark, shall we pray? Yep. Yes. All right. Philippians 2.1 says, If then there is any encouragement in Christ, if any consolation of love, if any fellowship with the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by thinking the same way, having the same love, sharing the same feelings, focusing on one goal. Heavenly Father, thank you for these two very like-minded friends. Just as how Paul encouraged the church at Philippi and by extension all believers to be unified in our efforts to glorify you, be present in this conversation as we collaborate together to steward our health and physical bodies that you've given us the way that you desire that we should act, feel, and look. Amen. Carly, how does it feel to be eating carbs again? <laughs> it is the best feeling in the world. Uh... I'm having a lot more conversations with people this past week. And each time I talk to somebody new who spoke to me a few weeks ago, I just tell them, I, I don't know who you were talking to over the last week or two before the show, but that was not me. And I apologize for whoever or whatever that was, <laughs> but we're past <laughs> it now. The, the look on your face said it all when I when I saw you, um, I think it was your last day of depletion, the day before your refeed. And I, and I was just like, I've been there so many times. So no, I did not. I did not take it personal whatsoever. <laughs> There's many, was... many competitions where before and after I've made posts apologizing for my attitude. <laughs> right. And luckily, everyone's like, oh, no, I completely understand. But it's still you feel bad afterwards, but at the time you just can't help it. But that that last week when when you came to train me the day before the refeed, 
I could just see in your eyes. You, you just, you would look at me and you're like, are you okay? <laughs> what, what kept you motivated to finish what you started, even when your sleep, the most important part of anybody, any, any bodybuilders prep was like completely in the toilet. Cause you were, you went from day shifts to night shifts when we started depleting you, right? I actually went from all three. So at one point I was on day shifts. I can't remember when that was. Uh, maybe it might've been at the beginning of April, but then I cycled through the evening shifts, I think two, two and a half weeks before the show or maybe three. And then it was night shifts for the last two weeks before the show. <laughs> for me, it's just about finishing what I start. I wouldn't be able to live with myself post-show or a couple months from now looking back and saying, these are kind of minor obstacles that you've overcome in the past. Why wouldn't you have been able to overcome that this time? So it was a matter of just starting what I finished. And I think in the end, it, it just makes me feel more empowered mentally and physically to know that I got through all that because kind of feed your fire with something down the road that becomes an obstacle. You're like, well, I've been through worse. So it just kind of fuels your fire and helps you get through whatever comes next, I guess. Mm-hmm. That kind of that kind of segues into the ne- into the next thing I wanted to ask, which was what was what was the most valuable skill that you've taken away from? You've done three competitions now, in 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 general. Definitely trust the process. I I think for the first show, I just didn't know what to expect. So while I have my own training and nutritional knowledge, it's different when it comes to bodybuilding. And you hire a coach for a reason, a multitude of reasons, and they at that point in time know way more than you do Uh, and they're there to guide you so it was all about trusting the process which was a lot easier the first time around but then you know you kind of have an idea of how things work going into the next show so you start to want to apply your own knowledge to your previous experience on top of some of the nutritional and training knowledge you already have on your own but at the same time again it comes down to you have a coach for a reason they've been doing this longer than you have they know best and you guys were you and mark were collaborating together but you know i still found times where i wanted to take over myself or thought maybe i could outsmart you guys a little bit and it it would backfire so then i'd have to take a step back and be carly seriously sit down trust the process just do this do what they say you Mm -hmm. if if you were able to do this all on your own you wouldn't need a coach and that's not the case and 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 one of the things i've really respected about the the entire what is this uh, over a year now we've, we've been we've been working together is that if, if you if you don't understand something you never reject it but you always question it and I really really respect that because it's what what that what that does is it is it makes me go okay this is this is her opinion and this is what I thought would work best is maybe her body's telling me something that I need to know like like what what, what do I need to listen to more as a coach um, and, 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 and like, I don't even really have a coach right now. I have consultants, right? Like I, I, I go, I go to Mark, Hey, if I have uh, a question on this, or I go to Mark, if I have a question on such and such, but, um, getting, but get, getting to a point to where you're questioning things without just straight up rejecting it. And so that you can learn and your coach can learn too. Um, I think that's really, really essential when it comes to bodybuilding, because just like you said, if you're going off of your own gut reactions or your own experience, first of all, then why, why do you even have a coach? Um, but, 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 sec- but second of all, if you're going, but if, if you're, if you're going, if you're going into the show 
um, with a with with a with a mindset of either I'm going to do everything my way or I'm going to do everything my coach's way. Um, I think both of them are just a complete recipe for disaster. It's only it's only half of the puzzle. Um, the the first eight shows that I did, excuse me, the, the the first the first four shows that I did, I didn't have a coach, and I looked like I didn't have a coach. <laughs> I was a guy on stage where I was like, he he needs a coach. <laughs> okay, next the, the next shows hired a coach, and. I think that half of the dietary changes that we've made were my idea and half of them were his idea were his idea because at the end of the day, yeah, he's a coach that has more experience, but we're two completely different people and completely different bodies. And that's been a big lesson for me working, you know, with you over these last several months too. But I, I but I just, yeah. I just, I guess I just want to say, that I, I really, I really respect how you, you, you challenge everything in a, in a way that's, um, that's, that's, res that's respectful and you're, and you're legitimately learning. And if, and, it, and, if it, and if it makes sense, great. You're, you're on board with it. And if it, and if it doesn't, then, well, I don't think there's anything we <laughs> tried to try to teach that didn't make sense or I hope not. <laughs> yeah. I, th I think I'm, I'm the same with you guys. Like, I think, I think we can all agree on that. We're all fitness people for a reason. And then when we get into fitness industry, we think we know it all, but we, but I think you quickly learn very, very quickly that so each one of us has skills in certain areas where it's, you should be never ashamed to reach out. I mean, I could have all, I've always said this to Cole from day one. I could have always went out and done this on my own, but I could have, like, I could have looked miserably stupid on stage doing it on my own. Whereas if I hire somebody that's done it, and when I looked at Cole's CV, I was like, there's nobody better that's going to teach me to get me over the line and look at me properly. Um, and I remember I, I, it took me about two months, three months to look for a coach. I looked at a load of people, a load of people. And I remember this Instagram post came up and there was this guy just on a, on a cross trainer, or not on a cross trainer, on a stair mill, just doing, his, doing his, um, his cardio. And he started talking to the camera. And I said, I'll have a look at who this guy is. And then I looked at his pictures. I was like, wow. And what made it even better, he was, into car he was into carnivore. So I said, this guy, I need to do a little bit more research on this guy. And I, re I researched Colt for about at least three or four weeks, at least three or four weeks. And I said, right, I spoke to my other half and I said, right, I need to get a coach. If I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it once in my life. I'm going to do it properly. If I step on stage, I'm not going to look like an ass. I want to do it properly. Um, and I was a little bit nervous, but I think it's been the best decision ever. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There's so much that goes into finding a coach. Um, like it's expensive but you have to commit yeah. to it. But you think you can do a lot of this on your own, especially if you have training and nutrition knowledge of your own. But I think it comes down to towards the end of prep in particular, are you really going to be able by yourself to say, I need to lower calories another couple hundred or eliminate a certain macro well, carbs in this case completely? Can you really do that on your own and stick to that? Maybe mm. a few people can, but even me, someone who's super disciplined, I don't know if I'd have it in me when I'm already feeling like crap to say we got to lower even further for the next week or two, <laughs> you know, like it gets to the point where you just, you have to have somebody else. I think. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. Cause I totally agree. That's what, that's what I needed to was, was really just the accountability. Hey everyone. Coach Taylor Milton here. Welcome to school bells TV, the official YouTube channel of supersetyourlife.com where you're going to discover a weekly upload of quick and easy to follow workout tutorials featuring coach Colt, myself, or one of our athletes to keep your workouts fun, practical, and effective. 
our family's latest keto carnivore recipes that fuel Colt's competitions and keep myself and our kiddos strong and healthy. Video uploads of the supersetyourlife.com podcast, now over 100 episodes, your weekly dose of entertainment, education, and inspiration to fuel your life inside and beyond the gym, and much more. Last thing before we get into the video, we're asking a big favor from you. This has been working beautifully, so if you would please think of someone you care about that would benefit from this video, go ahead and smash that like button, click the share button, and text this video to them. That would mean the world to us. And while you're at it, make sure you hit the subscribe button so you don't miss more exciting content from School Bells TV because our team has lots of meat and lots of muscle coming your way, and I promise you won't want to miss it. When you hit the subscribe button, you'll see a bell icon pop up. You want to click that too so you're notified every time we release a new video. Thank you so much for the support. It means the world to us. Every like, share, and subscription helps our channel grow and supports our family's hard work. So thank you so much for doing your part too. That's all we ask. God bless you and please enjoy this video. So you're going to the Alps now? The Swiss Alps is from what I understand? Yeah, so yeah, that's the plan. Um, I'm, I'm a little bit nervous because my passport expires in December. Uh-huh. And luckily uh, we're going to Switzerland. In Switzerland, it says your passport needs to still have validity for 90 days after you leave the country. I'm going to be close to that, <laughs> but I don't think it's with everything so backed up right now. I don't know if I can expedite a new one in time. So my fault, if if this Alps thing falls apart, it's totally on my own stupidity. But assuming everything works out the way I've researched it, I think I'm going to be okay. Yes, the plan is to hit the Alps in August. Um, before that, actually, my climbing partner and I were going to try to summit Mount Hood in June. Uh, last year, we tried, got about three quarters of the way up and hit a whiteout. And I mean, you couldn't see anything except each of us standing in front of each other within a couple feet. That's all we could see. And we're like, we're almost there. But at the same time, if we get off route in a, in a whiteout, you could fall into a crevasse, uh, accidents, it's high likelihood you're going to have some kind of accident, maybe even die. So, so when you say it was actually, when, when you say whiteout, is that like a is, is that like a blizzard? For lack of uh, yeah, or just low clouds that just engulf the side of a mountain. So it could be in the form of snow or just clouds or fog. So in our case, I think it was low clouds just engulfed the side of the mountain and we couldn't see anything. And it was actually kind of scary getting down because I personally couldn't. I became disoriented because you couldn't see the horizon. So you couldn't make out where the ground was from the from the rest of the air, I guess. And luckily he was able to guide us back down, my climbing partner. So because we failed that summit, we're going to try again in, in June. But then um, August is going to be the big adventure uh, over in Switzerland. We were going to do the Tour de Mont Blanc, which is a 100-mile trek through parts of France, Switzerland, and Italy but the lodging was already all booked. So we're like, we'll just go to Switzerland. We're going to see how high we can get up the Matterhorn. Uh, there's a lot of uh, uh, climbing groups that go up that and they're really strict about there. I guess there's a queue at the top, kind of like Everest. And they're really strict about who is first in the queue and next in the queue and all that. So I don't know if we're going to summit that, but we're going to see how high we can get up. And then the Eiger, the Eiger is a very prestigious mountain out in Switzerland. The North Face is extremely dangerous. People die, I think, quite a bit on the North Face. It's really steep. We're going to take the West Face. Wow. So while steep, it's not going to be quite as deadly as 
as an attempt as a North Face summit. So we'll see how all that works out. Weather's going to be important. So, I mean, all this could get canned if the weather's not good, but their goals, that's with mountain climbing. It's you're at the mercy of the weather. So you can train all you want and be fine. You can have the experience, all the gear, but you know, the weather can change so quickly on the mountains. So even us as meteorologists climbing mountains, we have an idea of what's going to happen, but I mean, still there's so, so much localized stuff that can happen upslope and downslope. Yeah, I was gonna say you you of anybody should be like, okay, guys, here's the weather report. We need to go around this side of the mountain. Trust me. <laughs> exactly. Or you know don't climb, today, climb on this day, or we're like, oh shoot, we have this plan on this day. If only it was this day, it'd be a lot better. It certainly helps, but we've caught ourselves sometimes where we're like, this might not work out well, and then sometimes it doesn't. And I think he's kind of our voice of reason in our little group of two because I'm the type that's like oh, I want to say I summited this peak, just want to keep going. And he's all like, we don't want to die. <laughs> so mm. uh, with what happened to us on Mount Rainier last year with uh, almost dying in an avalanche, I think that's actually changed me mentally a lot more going into this next season. I'm actually pretty nervous to, to climb some of these bigger peaks. But I think once you kind of have a taste of your own mortality, it changes everything. So now that I've had that, maybe we don't we don't necessarily need a voice of reason in our group anymore. We'll both kind of be like, we need to get off this thing or we can't climb today. <laughs> yeah. Cool. It's, it sounds like a, kind of like a coach Mark and a cold <laughs> relationship. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the one that's like next trophy, next trophy, next trophy. And he's the one that's like hormones, think long-term, be smart. Don't kill yourself. Uh, CBD isn't the answer to pain. Uh, stop, not, um, not, not chronically overtraining is the answer to avoiding injuries. <laughs> I think that's what I've appreciated about Mark being on the podcast more is, is hearing those types of things because Mark, a lot of what you've said on the podcast to multiple people, I've heard people say to me, and I just, I don't listen because maybe it's one person that says that, but the way you present yourself and the way, the way you say it. Um, you just, I know you have that knowledge and I'm like, man, he's right. And I've heard that before. This applies to me. I need to change this. Maybe I actually will this time. <laughs> Appreciate that. Yeah. Mark, you'd be proud of me on that note too, by the way. Um, I told Taylor yesterday, she was the first person that I, that I told, and I wanted to call you, but I didn't have time. Cause I wanted you to be like the second person. So I guess you still had second person, but, uh, I've changed my workout split from six days a week to five days a week now. Only trying nice. to do rest days. Nice. <laughs> yeah. And I've, I've, I've heard, I've heard you re you're reducing the cardio as well. Yeah, I am. Good. I, I am backing off of the cardio quite a bit too. Um, and doing a lot more non-exercise, uh, activity thermogenesis, but nice. I, I, I was, I was supposed to train legs yesterday and I was just like, okay, I'm teaching posing class. I got a podcast. I got a consultation. I got, uh, okay. The dumbest thing that I could do, uh, my family really needs my time right now too, not to mention that. I'm like, you know what? The dumbest thing that I could do right now is work out because I know that I, especially with those rest pause sets that we did earlier in the week, um, it just would have been complete, uh, complete overkill. And yeah. I think sometimes as athletes, we need to realize that you don't need to be killing yourself in the gym every single day. Like that's how you get burnt out, you know? Absolutely. Yep, yeah, exactly. I, I, looking, looking back, Carly, I, I, I wish we would have cut back on your training volume a little a little earlier. I think that would have been a good move. Oh, it's just so hard for me to do that. 
<laughs> I know. Right, yeah. It just goes against your entire intuition, right? No, I, I get it because I have, I, I've spoken to a lot, a lot of people in your country. And like you guys tell me, like the likes of the, the low volume training just doesn't exist. It's just yeah. like I, all, all supersets, drop sets, high volume. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, wow, 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 wow. Like you can pretty much get away with it when you're younger, but when you get a little bit older and those joints begin to hurt and you're giving out to certain people and, you know, I mean, your, your health has been overall affected. That just comes down to just poor volume going forward. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. You're just overkilling your body. Your body's just going through an awful lot of stress. You can get away with that when you're younger. Um, but I, I still believe uh, by lowering your volume, especially when it comes to training, you can always get the job done a lot faster by just doing one set. Always. You don't need to do like tons and tons of volume to get the job done in the gym. And when you actually bring your course at all levels down and the stress hormone, when you actually bring it down, you actually get stronger. And that should be always the goal when you're in the gym. You should be always chasing strength. If you're always chasing strength, that's how your body's going to change over the years. So when we talk about reverse diet, this is this is such key because if you're if you're doing a diet and you 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 brought your food volume down to a certain amount. And then after that thing, you jump straight, you, you bring your food up really, really high. That to me is, is a foolish way because it took you a bit of time to get really, really lean. You want to make sure you're coming out of that phase really, really lean again. So the next time you do your prep, you might you mightn't have to go su- such as low calories as you did now. It could change in a year's time. Your calorie intake could be a little bit higher, get really, really lean because you, you've improved your body one year from now. We kind of noticed that like calorie wise, I know Colt, you weren't counting calories, but I would just calculate them just so I had an idea of what was going on. Um, we got me down to like 1300 for the first show, but this last show 19. And the interesting thing was I felt way worse this time around than the first time around. I was like, I can't believe I can barely function off of basically 2000 yeah. calories. And to me, I think I had it in my head that everything we did for the first prep was just going to work for the next mm. prep. And, mm. but you know, also from how bad I felt, there was no way I could do the volume that we had originally in the plan or even before the show last time around. So it's been really interesting to me. And as you say, these things, it all kind of clicks and I'm learning. It's like, yeah, this is all real. This is right. I, I can't be doing everything that I've been doing in the past. I mean, it worked then, but things change. I have different goals. Yeah. Um, mm. yeah, we're trying to achieve different things over time. So what works once doesn't necessarily work again. And then it probably gets to the breaking point at some point where all this training that I've done that's worked before, just body can't handle it as mm. well over time. Yeah. Yeah. And I think when you're, when you're in the off season, you can get away with doing more because you're eating more. But when you're begin when you're actually beginning to diet down, it just makes more sense that your energy expenditure should be reduced. So your cardio should be reduced, your training volume should be um, reduced. So it just doesn't make any sense if you're if you're if your energy if your if your food is low, why would you go into the gym and waste so much more energy? Because if you're wasting so much energy, that's just going to lead to overall stress. Right. Now, if you if you if you get really really stressed, what's going to happen? 
you're going to be craving more food. You're going to get start getting really, really angry. You're going to say, ah, back this. I don't want to do this. I don't want to do this. That's just cortisol. That's just stress. You're giving your body a stress that it doesn't need. Now, the, the best way to combat that is to say, right, okay, what do you actually want? So can I go into the gym and say, and say let's say you're doing 25 sets in the off season. Well, if you brought that down to say, let's say 12 or 15, I don't think those hunger cravings would be as strong when you start getting really, really lean. I think you, you'd be still craving food, but I don't think it would be as strong as what it was, let's say the last three weeks, Carly. Yeah, but intuitively you can't help but think, oh, with low calories, the more exercise I do, the more calories I'll burn. So hence the leaner I'll exactly. get quicker. But yeah. so yeah, you have yeah. to fight that because that's right. what yeah. makes sense to your mind at the time. But you're right. It's all yeah. about things like cortisol, the things you can't necessarily see that's going on in the background that really can wreck your physique. And I think honestly, I, I struggled with cortisol, something like stress, stress yeah. for the yeah. last couple weeks prior to the show that I do think in the end, did have a, a noticeable effect on my end result physique. Mm, yeah. 100%. And that's what, that's, that's basically what happens because when you get stressed, your body just retains a little bit of water and you can, you can notice it. You can notice it in the skin. You can notice it in the face. You can notice it. And like, even, even the way you walk around, you, you just feel heavy and you don't know what it is. You might get a few pains here and there. That's just all inflammation. And the best way to remove all that is just to look back and say, okay, write everything down in your diary and say, okay, what about if I just strip my volume down to say, let's say, let's say, as I said, let's say you're doing 20 sets in the last, let's say the last eight weeks and you're beginning to see your, your strength decrease and your moods are, are going up, your energy is going very, very low. Then I will be saying to you, okay, let's, let's back off in the volume a little bit and let's see what happens. So let's bring the volume down to 14 sets. Let's see how let's see how you happen out after a week. If we if you are feeling really, really good, the energy is back, your excitement, your excitement about the gym is there all the time, then we are we are perfect. Absolutely perfect. Then we need to look at the aspect of do you need to take every set to failure? If you're in your last two or three weeks, you shouldn't be taking any sets to failure because what we have to realize is in, in the off season, you've already built the muscle. You're not going to build any muscle when you're two or three weeks away from the show. So why are you going into the gym and breaking down muscle when all you should be doing is just looking for a stimulus? That's all you're looking for. You're looking for just a pump. You're not going into breakdown any muscle. By you going into breakdown muscle, you're putting an awful lot more stress in your body. And then when you put more stress in your body, that's when cortisol kicks in. And that's when everything else starts to decrease. So I would be saying, okay, look at your volume, look at your stress levels, look how much intensity you're putting into those sets and say, do I actually need to do that the next time, about three or four weeks? So, that makes absolute sense. You're completely right. I think we just get, in, or at least me, I get into this vicious cycle of, okay, I'm starting to feel bad. This is decreasing. This is decreasing. I can't do this anymore. What can I control? And you think, well, maybe I can control the volume that I was doing. Maybe I can control the amount of weight I was lifting. Let's try to control that mm -hmm. as much as we can. And I think it just feeds into exactly what you're saying and makes it worse. So it's all about, yeah. it goes back to trusting the process, mm -hmm. you know, your feedback yeah, no. to your coach, then what your, your coach is telling you to do, how he's going to modify based on how you look and feel trusting mm -hmm. all that. But you know, it's so easy for us to, or at least me to still be in there. Like, well, if I benched 115 pounds last week, even though we dropped calories, I'm going to try to control that and bench 115 again next week yeah, or more. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like, gotcha. yeah, it's teaching myself. It and doesn't I, really work like that. 
Uh, yeah. so that's, and I think this prep was kind of my first taste of all that. And I think it's very important if women are watching this, that it's very, very important to understand this, that if you're, get, if you're in a situation of getting really, really lean and you are really, really lean, you shouldn't be actually doing more. You should be actually doing less. So if you've, if you've reached your goal and you're happy with the way you look and you see your abs and you can see the definition, you shouldn't be not be going into the gym thinking, okay, I need to do more cardio. I need to lift more weight. That's the worst thing you can, should be doing. You should be like going into the gym. As I said, the hard work has already been done. You, you, in the off season, you, you did all that hard work. In the off season, you built the muscle. You built the foundation. Now it's time to strip it all away. You should be focusing now on your health. Because when we know when we drop the food down even lower, we are, we're, we're heading into dangerous territory of when it comes to body fat. So we shouldn't be... We shouldn't be doing anything to get in the way of that. So if, if we're dropping down body fat and then we're letting our health get uh, be affected by going into the gym and thinking that we actually do more, that's gonna have a that's gonna have a mental effect on you long term. Because when you come out of this, you'll be thinking that this is what I need to do all the time. Whereas you should be improving all the time. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, um, I think that uh, where a lot of this confusion happens because it's not really popular to reduce training volume coming up through a show um a, a, lot, a lot of the competitors that i know will and, and coaches will recommend increasing volume mm-hmm. um in an effort to in an effort to just burn more energy but mm-hmm. your, your energy expenditure um you'll get you'll get way more mileage out of just doing low intensity cardio and I know that low intensity cardio from a health standpoint uh, isn't necessarily the best thing, but again, here, this is bodybuilding. We're trying to get down to, you know, in this case, eight to 12% body fat um, for, yeah. for, for a lady, which is extremely lean. Um, but to, to, to do, to do more of something that's already a stressor on your body when you're, when you're not giving it the adequate fuel to be able to rebuild from that, it's, it's just sending your body a confused signal because it wants to grow and it's training like it wants to grow, but it can't because it doesn't have the resources. And so if the goal is conditioning, then the, 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 then the whole strategy should be to, to, to lift enough to be able to maintain the muscle that you have, but be um, relaxed and hormonally optimized enough to actually be able to burn fat. And if your cortisol levels are through the roof, then it's just never going to happen. Yeah, and when you can't stick to your diet either, that that's how you get sugar cravings. You can't sleep as well at night. Um, yeah. Sorry, one, one more one more thing on that. Do you guys have this book, Carl? You have this book, right? Arnold's book. Oh, I'm not I've read it. I don't. <laughs> All right. Well, yeah. This um, it's it's like it's only like twenty bucks on Amazon, and this is the one that's you know a workout to pick up. <laughs> um, but this is. Uh, fun, fun fact: This is actually the book that I cut my teeth on for bodybuilding that inspired me to do a show because I was I was I, I just wanted to see my abs, you know. And then it's like, wow! I read this entire book. I'm like, yeah, I want to compete. I want to do what Arnold did. <laughs> totally thought that every single athlete in this book was natural too. When I was reading it, sometimes ignorance is bliss. <laughs> yeah. uh, but uh, on en- on endomorph training, uh, I'm an endomorph, and so th- th- this this whole th- this this whole chapter is basically highlighted. But um, he says additional aerobic exercises such as bicycle training, running, or some other calorie consuming activity, uh, training, tr- training in the gym burns calories, but not as much as cardio exercise done on a continuous basis for 30 to 45 minutes or for, for a longer time. Um, and I, and I think that the, the, the idea of adding extra sets has been, has been appealing to endomorphs, um, my, myself included, 
and um, to a lot of athletes that are on contest prep, basically, basically with the idea of, um, I don't want to lose my muscle, but I want to keep burning calories. So doing extra sense, do, doing extra sets just makes more sense. And increasing my volume as I get closer to the show just makes sense. Um, and that's just not in reality how it works. So. No. And then when, when, if you're like, if you look at it for the last six weeks, if you're, if you're extremely tired all the time, you have to understand your leptin and ghrelin hormones are taking such a whack. Like they're, they're in, they're taking such a whack and you can actually control these hormones by just taking a step back, taking a deep breath and saying, okay, do I want to be in this situation? How can I, actually, how can I actually control this situation better? Do, cause like you said, when you look at the people that are in that book, most of these people were in enhanced and there's a difference between a person that's not enhanced and a person that is enhanced. They can train for ages and have no, no issues whatsoever. Whereas us three, we can't get away with that. We have to come up with a different idea of speeding up our recovery process. So if that means to me, if I'm on my last two weeks of the show and my only exercise in the gym, is just going to be a leg press. Let's say two exercises on the leg press. That's all I'm going to do. That's it. So if I'm going to be in and out of the gym in 15 minutes, I'm not going to say, oh, no, I need to do more. I'm going to listen to my body. That's it. Assuming that you're actually getting your money's worth on those sets, though, and you're actually giving yeah. Yeah. everything that they have, because most people yeah. just don't. That's the, that's the problem. Um, I, was at a, I heard this at a Tony, uh, a Tony Robbins seminar. It was actually, it was, it was in Kent, Washington. So just right down the road from you, Carly. <laughs> uh, but he, but he goes, what's the, if, if, if you're, if you're doing bicep curls for 10 reps, which rep gives you the most gains? And of course, everybody was like, oh, rep number 10. He's like, no, rep number 13. <laughs> and, I've, and, I've, and I've never forgot that. <laughs> and, and if you train every set like that, like you don't need to be in the gym for two hours. You can get, you can get every, if, if you're, if you're still there after 45 minutes, then you, you probably didn't train as hard as you could have on your first Few, few exercises exactly but i think the other thing like that mark mentioned was the natural versus enhanced it's even though you shouldn't compare yourself to anyone else as humans we can't help it and mm. i think you know you don't know what anyone else is taking or not taking so when you're comparing yourself to somebody um, who might be enhanced things are just a lot different but in your head you're like well if they can do all this stuff then well i should be able to do it too because if we're competing in the same show it's like i should be at least on their level if not better so you kind of again play this competitive mental game with yourself watching other people in the gym who you know are doing the show who may or may not be enhanced as well so i think mm. I guess for for anyone listening to this podcast who is thinking about doing a show, I mean, that's a, a big thing. There's a lot of people that compete that are enhanced that a lot of the stuff we talk about wouldn't apply to them. But we've like you said, Mark, we got to do we got to do things differently. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It, honestly, it comes down to recovery. Your recovery process is going to be different to mine. Code's going to be different to both of us. So it comes down to what you can recover from. If you can recover, say, every second day, suits you perfectly but especially as you're coming down to the last two weeks in your prep do you need to be training every day no once or twice even three times a week max 20 minutes half an hour it's just going to get things moving that's all it is as i said you're not going into the gym and breaking yourself down and killing yourself in the gym you've done all the hard work so think logically after you've just built muscle it's hard because when you're natural your mind is okay through prep we don't want to lose any muscle. So as the calories come down, if I do less, 
and I, I certainly can't lift as heavy as I was like a month ago, I'm going to lose all this muscle mass and my protein's going down too. It's like, again, all this stuff, um, as a natural athlete that you just think about, you're like, I don't want to yeah. lose any muscle. So for someone to say, you can only be in the gym two or three times. And in my head, the alarm bells sound, I'm going to go flat immediately. I'm going to look so skinny mm. when I get on stage, I'm going to lose everything mm. that I work hard for during the off season. So for me right now, that's a huge mental obstacle that if I ever competed again, I, I'd really have to overcome because just being so competitive and being somebody who's trained for everything else that I've done up until the day before the competition, it's just so hard for me to break out of that mindset because mm. it's worked in the past for mm. the most part. So it's just mm. hard. Yeah, and, and that's a good point, Carly. You, you say that it has worked, but the mental aspect was really, really bad. Yeah. Oh, so yeah. That's that, that's 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 all I'm saying. I'm just I'm not saying that what you're doing is wrong. I'm just saying how can we make sure that you're not you're not in that dark moment again, like say three or four weeks out from your show. How can we actually fix this? Everything else is perfect. You like to train in volume. That's fine. You're an athlete. You love all doing that stuff. But it's like, how can we actually fix this? Because your mindset is the most powerful tool. So if the, if the mindset is on it, then everything else is going to be perfect, if that makes sense. That is the hardest part, is the, the mental part of all this. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 100%. Yeah. And then, when, and then when you overcome it, it's like, wow. Climbing, climbing. I, I've, I've never climbed a mountain like the ones like the ones you have. I still have yet to run a complete marathon. But hey, um, the, the the challenges that I've had in life after bodybuilding competitions, I've always kind of looked back and I'm like, man, if I was able to, to lose 50 pounds in six months <laughs> to, to to get to get shredded for the for the North for the Northern Classic, you know, as as natural athletes, we got to look at like, OK, what do we have going for us? We can out shred anybody right? because we're not because we're not retaining water um, or at least not as much. So go, so go, going through going through a prep, just the, the next challenge that, that you have in life, uh, it could it could be a, it, it could it could be. Um, it, it could be a, some. It could be something dad related. It could be something business related. You can always follow back on it and, and go. You know what? I've been through worse. This isn't that bad. Mm. I actually told myself that during prep uh, was, you know, you've you've climbed Mount Rainier, Mount Mount Shasta. On Mount Shasta, we had like seriously sustained like ninety mile an hour winds, blowing me off my feet. Um, that was kind of an ego blow. Never been blown off of my feet by wind, but uh, with ice pellets just piercing your face, things like that. When I'm in the depths of prep, I'm like, you know, at least I'm not near death at a fort, like almost at a 14,000 foot peak with 90 mile an hour mm-hmm. winds, knocking me off my feet with piercing mm-hmm. ice pellets wow. that feel like someone's driving nails into my face. Like, I'm like I can get through this. <laughs> so those experience, past experiences kind of helped me get through prep. Although prep will still help me with any obstacles going forward. I can say, well, man, at least I'm not starving and unable to really hold a conversation with somebody right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. What you just said was, was so powerful. Um, like, cause, cause you're, I, I think we need to remind, remind ourselves of that when we don't feel like finishing a workout, right? It's like, you're, you're in an air conditioning facility wearing comfortable clothes and perfect lighting. And you're probably drinking something that tastes really delicious. You know, it's, um, there's people that, that, that are starving to death in this world. There's people that are going through a lot worse. Um, you're the one that chose you that, that, that chose to do this. So when you post, 
have a smile on your face, you know? Yeah, <laughs> but, and I, I but my, my posing coach always taught me that Katie, Katie Wayman White. She's like, all of you need to be smiling. You're the ones that decided to do this. <laughs> like, Might be the only time you're smiling through the day, but damn it, you're going to smile in that moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, you need, you need to look at every day as an opportunity, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I think for me, it was anytime I, I mean, certainly I complained a little bit at times during prep because you do want, <laughs> you want people to pity you to some extent because you're feeling so <laughs> horrible. But at the same time, I, I tried to catch myself anytime I complained because if I sit back and I heard myself complaining to myself, I just feel like, well, Carly, you chose to do this. So I don't really know what you want. Yeah. <laughs> this was your choice to go through prep, step on stage. So you know what that takes. So when you tell someone you're hungry or you're tired, like they should be like, well, no one told you to do that. Mm. Yeah. So that was another like kind of motivational thing for me. Like anytime I wanted to say, I don't feel like doing that. Take a step back. Remember you, you chose to be in the situation you are. So you got to get through it. Mm. And I'm, I'm in the same situation. I've, I, I have in my mind that I'm fully ready for this. Like I know from, from working with people in the past that, relationships get put under stress the one thing i'm not going to do is i'm not going to put any stress on my family at all i'm i'm, I'm making sure that i just don't do that I, i'm doing this i know that i'm putting myself in this situation because it's it's my fault so i'm not going to give it to anybody i'm going to try and rein that in 100 that's the one thing i want to make sure i do i want to make sure i still have my family at the end of this oh for sure bad moods and negativity are so contagious that you really yeah. have to be careful. Someone could be having a great day and here you're, you're hungry. So you're just going to be all grumpy. It could really drag their mood down too. And they just, yeah. nobody else deserves to be put through what you've exactly. chosen to put yourself through. So I told myself, anytime I called my mom on the phone, do it at a time where you feel like you can actually hold a decent conversation. She doesn't deserve to be put through your grumpiness. 100%, what does that accomplish? Yeah. So yeah, it was another thing I was much more careful about this time than last time. One, because I knew what to expect, but two, being more conscious of making the choice to do this, no one else should be affected by it as much as possible. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree with you. Pretty sure my wife's biggest fear this year is me going, babe, okay, I really want to compete again. Come on, I'm getting the itch. Because <laughs> she's doing the next show, right? So she's, uh, we, we were gunning, gunning for November and after we af- after moving and everything, we're just like, no way, this is a terrible time to be on prep. So uh, so, so sometime like, um, we're, look- we're looking at either the Big Sky in Missoula or maybe Tangy Johnson's show like next June or something, like kind of around that ballpark. Maybe even Emerald Cup, we'll see. <laughs> that would be so sweet. I'm so excited for her but I think it's good that you know I think what I learned with with Emerald Cup you know we did Emerald Cup for several reasons the biggest one being I wanted to say that I stepped on that bodybuilding stage at least once in my life that was my big bodybuilding goal but you know with how much trouble I was having towards the end of prep I knew I probably shouldn't be in prep at this point in time but we we pushed through anyways but I think it's important to We've, I think you've talked about this before. It's been brought up a lot is to not be married to a show necessarily because you don't know how your body's going to tolerate everything or life stuff happens too. So it's important to not be married to that particular show. But for me, in this case, it was a little different. We, I don't want to say we had to be, but we, we decided to be. And I knew in March, I'm like, I shouldn't be doing this just the way I'm feeling, but we're going to get through it anyways. Yeah. So. 
Because at that point, it's it like, all right, we've already kind of started prep and wow, okay, your body's just not handling this prep like we did the last prep for whatever reason, even though everything was the same on paper. But again, oh, it was so wild. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and again, I think, I think, I think your body, especially if you're a natural athlete doing, doing more than two shows in that amount of time is, 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 is a very, very tall order on your entire body. And so I think that's just your body's way of going, you know what? I'm not up for this again. I don't really want to do this. And that's when as, as a competitor, you're like, Oh no, we are doing this. And as a coach, I'm like, are we doing this or not? <laughs> like, I want to I, I do what, whatever's best for you. If you say we're doing this, great. I'm driving up there and we're finishing what we started. So the, the problem is after, I don't know, you give maybe a, a week after the November show, you kind of forget how miserable you were going into the show and yeah. all the work that you put in for those couple moments on stage. You have that adrenaline rush. You, you do well. You get all the pictures back. You get the trophies and you're like, man, I'm going to do that again. That wasn't so bad. And then you, you go into you know, the reverse diet and, and in this case, back into the bulking phase, you're eating well, you're feeling great. You're putting some muscle on your lifts are going up in the gym. You just feel on top of the world. And you're like, oh yeah, I got this next show. And then in, in my case, when we started cutting the calories, all of a sudden I was just like, mentally, I just, I want to stay in, in a surplus and build muscle. Like my body's feeling really good. I kind of feel like an almost normal person. And then, so to shift your mindset back into a, things have to be strict again. It's just going to get worse and worse from here. That was really difficult. And I just don't think my body was on board with that. It was like, finally, we're feeling normal again. We're lifting good. We, we have an idea of how to build muscle after all of this. Uh, and yeah, it's just, but at the same time, again, it's like, I don't know how I'm going to feel a year from now to do Emerald Cup. I don't know. Maybe I won't even be living in Seattle. I don't know. All these factors. It's like I wanted to just knock that out. Um, wanted to say I did that. So can't say I, I recommend anyone else do it that way. But, you know, that's how things worked out in this case. But, man, it's just a oh, my body did not want to go through it again. <laughs> so that's why I'm like, I don't know if I'm ever do this again. But if I ever compete again, it's definitely not going to be for a couple of years because, I, my hormones, something needs to recover for more than six months. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 100%. Uh, on the, on, on, on the mood swings. Um, so, sorry, just, um, we were, we were touching on it earlier and, uh, kind of where I was going with, with, with Taylor's prep is she, she, she asked me, she goes, uh, well, I, I was telling her how much I want to do the Emerald Cup. <laughs> and, 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 and she looks at me and she's like, I was waiting for you to say that. And, and, I, and I was, and I was like, babe, okay, not this year, but maybe like two or three years from now. But I was like, you know, what'd be fun is if we did the Emerald Cup together. And she goes, okay, we've made it 10 years in marriage. So let's make sure that we get to 11, 12 and 13. <laughs> because if we were both on prep at the same time, ooh, oh, I don't know how we would survive. Yeah. This. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my God. I, yeah, I literally like if I was with another person going through the same thing, that just that doesn't sound fun. I've seen, I've seen do people do it. I don't know how you I don't know how you can do it. It's either one person's <laughs> on prep or the other one. And if someone's on prep, then but before before or I mean I'm I'm gonna have this conversation with your with with your with with your wife, pal. Is 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 if if he can get to the gym and get back home and go to sleep and not get in a car accident, he did his job for the day. That that's all. And he can't eat any more food than exactly what's on his sheet. <laughs> yeah. She's ready. She's yeah. ready. But, but bodybuilding is a healthy sport. I promise. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> yeah. 
there's there's the there's the hardcore athletes, right? Like kind of the way that you and I are wired, Carly. And then there's the live to your 100 years old crowd. You know, um, I guess my whole goal is to try to get the best of both worlds, if that's possible. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Same here. I, I do think long term a lot. Um, that's kind of the premise for everything I do, but at the same time, competitive too. So when you commit to something short term or near term, it's like 100% into that but still trying to keep the long-term in mind. That's hard. Yeah. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. And if, you, and if you do make it to a hundred years, then what the heck are you going to do with those last 20 years? You know, it's like, uh, yeah, exactly. And in the case of bodybuilding, it's again, thinking, thinking long-term with the sport is the reason why I don't want to take performance enhancing drugs. Cause I don't want to deal with the effects of when I would have to get off of those and what kind mm-hmm. of uh, health standpoint I, I'd have. So I, I just don't want to deal with that. Um, but, you know, don't get me wrong. It's tempting near term and short term because you're like, you know, how good would I look? How competitive would I be? So, oh, yeah. You, you could throw half of everything we just talked about completely out the window. Yeah. OK. Uh, train, train harder. You'll build muscle going through your show. Great. <laughs> yeah. But I just I'm like, when I'm 50 years old, I'm probably going to really regret doing something like that. And someday yeah. I will be 50 years old. So best to just stay healthy and just, you know, take this for what it is, be as competitive as I can be mm-hmm. with everything for now, however long I, I do this. 100%. I know, I know a lot, a lot of people that are in my age group and a lot of them are taking TRT at the moment. A lot of them. Um, and you can see how big they're getting. Again, huge. Like, but you can see it's not just they're getting big. You can see the aggression in them as well. And I don't like that. That's the one thing I noticed from a lot of people that when, when they're on it, they, they're not the same person as they were when you met them first. Like, it's the, the smallest thing can set them off. And I, I couldn't do that to my family. Couldn't. That's scary. So, like, that kind of, that kind of stuff, like, why would, you, why would you put your... Why would you be selfish by you taking this stuff just to look good, to risk everything else outside of that? Just for me, right. it, would nev- it, would never be, it would never be an option for me, ever. My family will always come first. Like, I would, I would never get into a situation where I'll put myself first instead of them. Never. I, I love that mindset. Yeah, yeah. I, to each their own. You know, I have no. My views have changed towards it because of, of getting more involved in this sport. Um, if somebody wants to do that, great. If that's how you know they want to be super competitive in this, then great. But never for me. So. And that was a factor, you know, to take in when finding a coach and everything like cold, I've always appreciated that you're natural. And I wanted somebody to respect the fact that I won't really take anything. So, yeah. Yeah. It's prices, isn't it? Yeah. There's, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Natural, natural bodybuilding is, uh, this, this is coming from the absolutely like most optimistic person that YouTube know. Right. <laughs> um, it's, I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't want to say it's dying, but it's a, it's a hard thing to promote, you know? And, um, and it's, and it's a, it's a hard thing to do if, if you're, if, if you're natural to do, to do competitions over and over back to back, um, that requires a very, very low amount of food, whether you're enhanced or not. Um, but, but when, but when your fats are that low, specifically your, your dietary fat chronically, um, that's just that's that's an absolute recipe for disaster 
the I, I think the the, hard, the hardest competition season I ever did well for for sure was my first one without a coach, but um, but was even even when I was coached and had an about that accountability coach, that was the whole reason I made it through the 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 year, the year alive basically. Um, but my, my, my fats were actually quite low I was, and, and, I, and I was on a high carb diet for the, for the, for the entire year. And I, and I was hungry and I, I was hungry for the entire year of 2019. Uh, this, this, this last, this last one, having my, having my fats well above hundred grams, never went below hundred grams. The entire prep was able to get leaner and was able to, and, and I felt better and was not near as hungry as I was before. But let's get real. I mean, those that third and fourth show probably shouldn't have happened. That was probably a bad idea. But here again, that, that was that was that was that was the Carly mentality of me going, oh heck no. I committed to this show. Um, let's see. Ooh, finances are tight. Uh Celtic Sea Salt. Can you guys sponsor me? Okay, great. Uh Metabox nutrition. Can you guys sponsor me? Okay, great. Uh, yeah, no, we're making this thing happen. <laughs> uh Cole, I I don't know how you did that. Um, because I'm just trying to think competing twice back to back in November, if I had to stay in a deficit and compete again in a month and then stay in a deficit and compete again the next month, I can't even right now, I can't even imagine how horrible that would be. I just no, mentally, no. <laughs> yeah, just knowing but... how bad those last couple of weeks are of prep to, to have to go through that again in the near future twice. I'd more, more power to you. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, that's why, that's why I'm not doing it again anytime soon, because that was definitely way too much. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> uh, polygraph testing. So you apparently almost failed the test. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, oh, hold on. Let's back up a second. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, um, it's funny. So I, I didn't think the NPC actually drug tested. I thought they just said that they did. So I actually posted something on my Facebook story, maybe, a month ago. And I said, you know, one of my biggest beefs with the NPC is that they say natural shows are drug tested, but they're not because when I competed at the Northwest natural back in November, I didn't get tested. And, you know, you don't hear of anyone getting tested and there were no signs when you went to red, like pick up your registration packet and get your tan and everything. There was nothing, no signs that said drug testing here. So I'm like, they must just like have to say that because they're promoting a natural show, but I'm like, that's not cool. So then, you know, I thought the same thing for Emerald Cup is, okay, they're going to say that they drug test, but they probably won't. And lo and behold, on Friday, Friday before the show, I got an email saying, you've been selected for drug testing. Uh, please select below uh, what time you want to come in for that. I was like, well, I'll be damned. So <laughs> I, yeah, I, I signed up and then, uh, cause you get disqualified if you refuse, obviously. So yeah, I got my tan Saturday and then immediately went over. They actually had signs that said drug testing this way. So um, I walk in, the room is freezing and I'm like, well, is it supposed to be like this? Like to make me nervous or something or do something to my hormones to detect lies. <laughs> and he's like, no, it's actually like way colder than it should be in here. I'm like, well, awesome. I'm going to be shivering and it's going to, I'm already nervous. So anyways, he hooks everything up. You like put something around my uh, lower chest and then um, the things that go over your fingers. Yeah. I, and I told him, I'm like, I've never done this before. So I'm like low key nervous. I'm going to fail from just being nervous. He's like, it's all good. And so he's like, I'm going to ask you a series of three questions through a computer. And it's just going to cycle through all of them. And I want you to answer truthfully. And so he goes through these for a couple of times and I'm like, think I answer them normally. And 
at the end of the cycle, like the fifth cycle of questions, he's like, whew, he's like, this is actually really close. He's like, you're spiking on the banned substance question. <laughs> and I just said, well, of course, because I'm sitting here because you're asking me this question. That's why, that's why I'm here for the drug testing. <laughs> and he's like, we're going to have to do something else. Cause he's like, I think you're actually being too truthful with your answers. Most people aren't. So he's like, I can't detect what's actually a lie. So he's like, I'm going to ask you two more questions. Think of the truthful answer in your head and then out loud, I want you to lie to me. And then I'm going to put those into the original cycle of questions. And I want you to continue to lie for those and uh, those questions, but then be truthful for the other three that you've been answering. So I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> you know, I'm already like, I can you know, barely think at this point in time, let alone like figure out which ones to lie for and which not. So anyways, when we did that, then he's like, okay. He's like, I see a huge difference in this now. And he's like, you're good. <laughs> oh, thank God. Because The last thing I wanted was to fail this out of nerves and then have to tell everyone, well, I couldn't compete in Emerald Cup because I failed the drug test. And then everyone would be like, well, this whole time she said she was natural and I, we knew she was lying. <laughs> so I was like, this is going to just destroy my reputation if I fail this thing. So even though in my heart, I know I didn't take anything. Yeah. So anyways, it was like a really stressful time. So I was so relieved when I walked out of there and I told my mom, I'm like, I passed, it's over. <laughs> But, you know, the, the frustrating thing is, is it's random. So just because I got tested, I mean, the whoever I competed against or whoever else competed in the Emerald Cup Natural, you know, know if they were tested or not. So that's I wish they would just do a polygraph for everyone. Or I think even a urine analysis is like you've either taken something or you haven't fair and square with that. Like, just do it. <laughs> Why not? If you're going to promote a natural show, I don't care if that costs money. Like to promote a, a fair natural show, just do it for everyone. Yeah. I, th I think, I think anybody going into a natural show would, uh, would, 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 would agree that they'd be willing to pay an extra 50 mm -hmm. bucks or whatever for the testing that it requires. And yeah. that's, that's usually an, an, an added cost um, with some of the smaller natural federations that I've done too. On the P testing though, there's a huge problem with P testing. Cause I had to, right? what's that? Someone has to watch you, right? Yeah, so this lady had the <laughs> yeah. okay, and so this is the biggest problem. Is I, I, I'm a married man, you know, whatever. But but this this was the, the the lady that was was watching me pee happened to be an attractive lady, and so uh, peeing in front of anybody is 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 kind of a challenge. Let alone I'm dehydrated, so I had four and a half gallons of water the night before. I was, uh, I was drinking and peeing the entire day, right? This is back when when uh, when when Alfred and I were doing. Uh, and, and, it, and it worked too. I mean, that got, that got my abs to pop every single time. Um, and I don't recommend that people do this kind of drastic water manipulation, but just the way that it works for my body, it really works. Um, and so I, and so I, we, we each drank four and a half gallons of water the Friday before, and then basically just nothing but sips a day of the show. So I peed like once that day and it was just straight yellow. So obviously I was dehydrated. And then and then after the show is when they uh, is, is when they pee test you. And so I think I got first place. It wasn't that big of a show, but they only tested the, the, the winners of each category. And so I had to pee to prove that I didn't take anything. And, uh, and, and I just told her, I was like, there's like 10 different reasons. It's going to basically be impossible for me to pee. So, <laughs> and, and, I, and I think, I, and I think I was able to, <laughs> I mean, like, obviously because I passed, but, um, but that was, yeah. I mean, I mean, like I would have had to go, 
I, I, I probably went, I, I don't even remember what happened after that. I think I had to go drink a bunch of water and then come back so that I could pee. And, um, and she was laughing. She was like, this has been kind of the same problem that every competitor has had today. <laughs> super awkward. I mean, it's bad enough to get tanned naked. I still find that so, it was less awkward this time because I knew how it worked. And it was actually the same lady that tanned me back in November again this time. So um, I don't know. It's still awkward though. And can I tell you a funny story that I can't believe I'm going to admit this um, on this podcast because it's going on Spotify and all that. Million oh yeah, yeah, yeah. No, we had a comedian on the podcast. So, so, so I went, I went in for my touch-up tans uh, Sunday morning and get that taken care of, you know, again, standing there naked, awkward, get that done. And then um, I went to go put my suit on shortly after that. My mom was helping me. And then I'm like, I should probably pee before we get this thing on. And because my tan was sort of more fresh, just touched up, I didn't want to sit on the seat. So I basically kind of like squatted over it. And uh, I, I don't know yeah. what my squat wasn't good enough. I peed all over the back of my leg. <laughs> and I knew I and like I took like some toilet paper to kind of wipe the back of my leg. And like I saw it was like all brown. And I'm like, yeah. Oh, no. Uh, and, 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 and the acidity and the acidity of your urine too. It, it, it just rips the tan right off. It's not like water. Oh uh, yeah. So um I told my mom, like, well, cool. I just like peed all over myself. <laughs> and so she like I put the bottom of my suit on and then I, I bring her into the stall and she's like, ooh, I'm like, because I can't see it. <laughs> I don't know how bad it is. <laughs> and she's like, you're gonna want to go get touched up. And I'm like, touch-ups already ended though. And she's like, I don't know, go see if someone's down there. And I'm like, now I'm freaking out. I'm like, if I can't get this touched up, this is going to be the most embarrassing. I can't compete. So I like run down there and then they're like kind of taking all the. Was this after I told you that you need to pee? I don't remember, honestly. I'm, you I'm, I'm sorry. Because you asked me. No, you're... it was before. It was way before. Okay. So okay. This okay. was like, this was like uh, almost eight o'clock because okay. they had touch up tans from 730 to 745. So this is like. 750 or something so i'm frantically running down there they're taking down all the tents and i rush over to the tanning lady i'm like i'm really embarrassed to admit to you because you just saw me like 10 minutes ago but i'm like i peed all over my leg and i need touched up again <laughs> and so she's like turn around like you take your pants off and turn around and i turn around she's like oh yes you did <laughs> like, oh my god this is so embarrassing so anyways yeah so she had to touch me up again and then i was like afraid to pee again after that then you came and you're like, you need to pee. And I'm like, oh, I don't want to. <laughs> I was like, I just yeah. traumatized. Like, like yeah, Mark, Mark, Mark she, she literally goes, okay. So see, now that makes way more sense. Because when you said, because when you said I have to pee, I'm like, okay, so go pee. Like you should definitely pee so you can hold your ab poses. And, and you're like, no, I'm not going to do that again. <laughs> and, I, and I was just like, what's the big deal? Now that makes way more sense. <laughs> yeah, because then I'm like, I, next time I pee, I don't know if I should try to do a better squat or just like sit on the seat, but will the seat like take the tan off? I don't know. So I was like all freaked out, but it all worked out. I was much more careful this time. And whew. So yeah, that definitely didn't happen to me last time. That was a first this time. And boy, was that stressful and embarrassing because I could never see it the whole time. Like even when the lady was like, ooh, yes, you did. <laughs> I still couldn't see it. <laughs> Uh, her name's Kim, right? Kim Bell Center. Um, Kim is in charge of Station. that company. I, I think the person who actually tans me is not Kim, but Kim was down there, and yeah, everyone was like, "Oh yeah, you did pee on yourself." I'm like, "Oh cool, just fix it." <laughs> 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 
Right on. Yeah, uh, because I'll I, I just I was thinking if it's the same gal that tanned uh, me at this at the at the shows that you and I did together. Um, super cool lady. I'm pretty sure her name was Kim. Yeah, I, well, I think it is the same person that probably did the tan for you. I just don't think that that's Kim. Um, but anyways, yeah, that lady's good at making it not as awkward as you feel it's going to be, or you feel it is like. You kind of have. You better have a couple good one-liners or like icebreakers ready to go. <laughs> if you're, if you're tanning, <laughs> well, the first thing I told her, I'm like, I don't know if you remember me from November, but I'm back and uh, kind of know what's going on this time around. So hopefully, this will be less awkward for me. Let's go. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, and, and, they, and they always they always offer the guys. They're like, "Do you want a sock?" And I'm like, uh, "You you you decide." I really don't care anymore. <laughs> it would be more embarrassing for a guy for sure. Even though at least you like for men's physique, at least you have the ability to kind of cover up, um, females, we have no option, but the, the, the at least it's not quite as embarrassing for us overall. Yeah. Well, and, and, and I usually do opt for the sock too, because it's usually cold and with the cold air and everything, it, uh, <laughs> I'm just like, this is going to be even more embarrassing. So yeah. <laughs> oh man. Um, after party. So, so did, did those pizookies taste good or what? I was trying oh, to, they, I was trying to describe to Coach Mark what a Pazuki was. I was like, no, oh. dude, like she literally, uh, like this, this is, this is a, this is a thing that bodybuilders do after shows is eat Pazukis. <laughs> yeah. Um, the weird thing with uh, the stuff I ate after the show was like cookies are not my favorite dessert, but for some reason, the last two weeks before the show, I was craving cookies. So I found myself screenshotting cookies on my phone, which I've never done before. And just going back and looking at those screenshots periodically through the day like look like, i called it cookie porn that's really what it was <laughs> i just pull up instagram pages of cookie companies and just watch like the little reels of them showing hope like all these cookies they'd make i'm like oh my god so i was like yeah i guess pazuki is what i'm gonna go with and those pazukis tasted amazing uh my post-show meal was mozzarella sticks which i haven't had in probably a couple years those were amazing and then deep dish pizza because i wanted nothing to do with protein and that I don't know. It was either that or pasta, but I told myself usually restaurant portions for pasta are just not going to suffice. So we need pizza. So deep dish pizza. And then the two pizzukis, one uh, fudge, uh, fudge brownie or something, and then salted caramel cookie. And my mom had a few bites of it, but I, I basically ate both of those. So I was still picking at them when you guys left, uh, ended up finishing both. Did feel sick for a couple hours, but once I once those couple hours passed, I was good to go. And then I had bought one of those cookie cakes from Safeway and went to town on that the next day. And my coworkers actually ordered crumble cookie for me. So I had six crumble cookies delivered to my doorstep Monday afternoon, which I was, that was such a cool surprise. I was not expecting that. So I really appreciate my coworkers doing that for me. Uh, but I ended up having to crumble cookies and then felt sick for a little while Monday. And then I had to freeze a couple of the cookies and the rest of the cookie cake because we're back on the reverse diet. We started that Tuesday. So I'm like, those have to go somewhere. I don't want to throw them away, but they have to go somewhere for the next month. So anyways, yeah, it was all cookies. And I, you know, normally I'm like a cheesecake or a cake person. So I don't know why, like, yeah, cookies were what it had to be this time around. Last time, I don't even know what i gorged on after the show oh we were, we, we were at the uh we were at novios the uh, brazilian steakhouse right but i would have had to have some kind of sweets afterwards and i i don't remember what i did i have to think I, about it for a few minutes but it I wasn't 
wasn't cooking. Okay, so yeah, the, you know, you know, you know what this, you know, you know what this, this, this tells me is that you and I were both so brain dead and toast from those two shows back to back that we don't even remember nor care what we were eating at that point. We we're like, let's just go to bed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah, you're probably right. I just can't. Yeah, and like it's weird. I did not have any cravings for alcohol. I didn't want beer or wine. You know, that's pretty, that's pretty common with anybody on contest prep. Yeah, alcohol oh. cravings go out the window first. Your body figures that out real quick. Like, all right, this isn't serving any purpose anymore. Plus, of, of all of all things, I, I wanted to introduce alcohol last into my diet. Like after the reverse and everything, I want alcohol to kind of be the last thing because I know it does nothing good for you. So uh, in fact, it would probably harm the reverse diet. So Yep. And, you know, when you're gorging yourself with all these sweets, the last thing you want to probably have is a beer <laughs> with it too. So it was like, yeah, no alcohol. Yeah. So you've been on your reverse diet now for five, six days, right? Yeah. Tuesday. So yeah, just under a week. Okay. And your macros at the moment are 150 protein, 225 carb and 80 fat feeling good on that feeling hungry like you need more food less food probably not less i think food. i think i think we're good um i'm still a little bit hungry just because we're not back at maintenance and you know i i'm i really want to go back in my surplus but I, I know it's typical to be hungry for the first week or two after a show as the calories slowly ramp back up so i'm not too worried about it it hasn't been as bad as the last couple weeks before the show, which even that with all the fats wasn't really that bad uh, hunger wise. It was just, I'm just done with this type thing. Um, sick of eating the same food, sick of all the grease, sick of, yeah, just the whole situation. <laughs> so yeah, not too hungry. I mean, there've been times when, you know, I'm on day shifts or I was on day shifts the last couple of days and those are long days for me. So of course, like by the afternoon, I'm like, man, I wish I could have a little bit more of this, but you know, it's not, it's not like the other side of contest prep where everything has to be super, super strict. Um, you still want to be strict, but it's not like it's going to make or break you if you happen to maybe eat a little bit more here and there. But for the most part, I'm trying to stick to it as best I can, which I have. Good. Yeah. You, it, you, it's, this is the fun part coming out of the show where it's like, okay, you're, you, you, you look the best you've looked in your life. You still have your conditioning. So just hang on to it as long as you can. Um, but this is, this is also the time to build muscle, uh, rather quickly too. Um, oh, I feel, yeah, I feel, the, I feel like I look yeah, better the, now. The anabolic, the anabolic rebound is real, uh, natural or enhanced after a show. Your body, your body just wants to get bigger again. I love post-show. I feel like I look better even now than I did on stage. It's really frustrating. That happened last time too. And it's like, yeah. I know that's a common thing, but it's just frustrating. Oh it's yeah, like, no, you, you and I, you and I both. I think you and I both were, were were in our absolute peak about three weeks after that last show. Oh, for sure. I've never experienced pumps like that. Um, that physique I had held that for like a week or two, three weeks after the show in November, and uh, I think that's kind of also what excited me when I saw Emerald Cup was hosting a natural show. I'm like, oh, if I could like look like this on stage, which maybe we could do, that'd be great. Uh, it didn't work out that way, but. I mean, again, probably going to go through the same thing in the next week or two where it's like, why couldn't I look like that three weeks ago? <laughs> well, you know, you're not stressed anymore either with the show. So there's a lot to be said when Mark was talking about cortisol and all that. It's like there's no pressure on you competing in the next couple of weeks. So it's sort of like following the diet, uh, getting back in the training, you're feeling better, but you have 
you know, no stress. There's no competition coming up. So yeah. Okay. Um, I, I'm, I'm definitely wanting to increase something of, of as far as macronutrients go. And, uh, Mark, what do you, what, what do you think? Or uh, Carly, Mark, what, what do both of you think? All right. More protein, more carbs, more fat. The first one that needs to go up is protein. You think so? I was going to say protein. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I, knew, I knew that she was going to say that too. My my heart wants carbs, but right. my brain is protein. Carly, my yeah. heart wants carbs too. <laughs> <laughs> and where do, you, where do you fit your carbs, uh, Carly? Where do, hey, where do you hey, put hey, them? Hey, hey, sorry, sorry, hang on one, one thing first, Mark. Um, she's at a body weight of 135, right? Um, yeah, consistently at 135. Um, okay. so, again, rebounded quickly after this last show. Yeah, you don't think that's too high, uh, too high for protein, do you? Uh, what, 150 What's, or what did you say? Uh, I was asking Mark if he thinks that oh. uh, go, going as, going from 150 to 160 would be um, too too high for protein, but I don't see any. I mean, if, if you're if, if, if you're feeling like you need more protein and you're building muscle right now, um, I don't, I don't I, it's not that I feel like I need more protein. I think um, that would be the smartest thing to increase next. Yeah, yeah I, I think I think you should be increasing your, your protein intake by five grams for the next four or five weeks. Okay, I don't think you need, I don't think you, I don't think you need to jump too high. I think we just need to have a slight increase every every week. I agree with that. That means by week by week five, you should be up another 25, 30 grams of protein. So that means then we're on the right track then for that bulk and phase again. You'll be aiming for around 1.4 to 1.6 per pound of body weight. Because at the Perfect. moment you're only on probably a pound per body weight. Whereas now you're you're gonna be looking to build more muscle. So we're gonna try and get you up to about 1.2, 1.4 per pound. So I would say that by the end of by the end of this reverse diet. Um, you should be in the rounds maybe 1.4 per pound, by the way. There's no rush. When we look at the reverse diet, we want to make sure we're taking the time. We want to make sure that we're getting, we're, we're still fairly, fairly lean. We're not getting sloppy. We're not putting on any weight on. It looks, it's just good weight. So there's no rush. So I, I would definitely increase the protein, definitely. And I would definitely increase the, the fats. And yeah, then fat, depending fats on- are at, Fats are at 80. How fast should we increase the fats? Same again, five grams per week. Five grams per week. Okay. And to, to answer your question about the carbs, most of the carbs are around the workout period, uh, yeah. especially the simple carbs. So we've got, yeah. um, well, we've got the oatmeal, uh, protein oatmeal in the morning, of course. Yeah. Uh, but around the workout period, that's where all the fruits are. And then not too long after that is the white rice. And then at mm -hmm. dinner, it's the more complex. So we've got the sweet potato in there. Yeah, yeah. So, well, okay. So if you're into all those... Um, carbohydrates well then what i would i'd be saying to you is if you're going into the off season i would be do, looking for instead of like a fructose carbohydrate i would be more looking towards um what can we do like pretty much intra so during your training so this is where i'll be adding in some sort of carbohydrate that'll be pretty much fast i'll get through the gut and this will actually improve performance going forward maybe add in a little bit of creatine a little bit of amino acids um, and then after your, and then after your training, that's when you'll have your complex carbohydrates. Okay. Okay. Um, I think I think I think that, that by the, if you say, if you feel that the fruit is the better option, then stick with it. What kind of fruit do you have? It's been berries, uh, mostly blueberries, 
But yeah. when those are super expensive, I'll kind of bring in some raspberries or blackberries in yeah. with them. Yeah, um, they're, 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 they're easy to digest. So that, no way. And you have no, you have no blow or any crushing energy or anything like that around training. I still, I, I still think overall, I'm still carrying a little bit of water in my, my midsections. My digestion yeah. is much better since the show, so that's helped. But there's still yeah. some lingering water in that area. I don't think it's from the like the fruit or anything but uh i don't know what it's it's really from i think i think i think it's a time i think it's a time with the carbohydrates okay i think i I think you're pretty much your body soaks up a lot of carbohydrate pretty much after training not not before training Mm -hmm. meal one pre-workout it's all slow digesting uh, slow digesting carbs minus the honey so almond milk rolled oats uh raw honey and um protein powder she works yep. out and then smashes five eggs with um, 186 grams, so seven ounces of blueberries, and then uh, beef and rice. Rice after that, and then um, and then a steak and a sweet potato right before bed. Okay, so I would be saying then for your complex carbohydrates, I would be leaving them after training, but your sugary carbohydrates, I would be getting them in before training. So something like baby rice, maybe rice on its own, something that's going to get into the bloodstream very, very quickly, and you'll be at the train within an hour to 90 minutes before you train. Yeah. I think that the oats is going to slow everything down. So if you're going to have the oats, you can have that pretty much after training, or you can have sweet, or you can have sweet potato, or you can have a normal potato. These are all going to be like complex carbohydrates. But if I personally believe that you should only be having the majority of your carbohydrate intake, post-workout and maybe a small bit before you actually train depending on what time you train at and because those carbohydrates before you train if they're having if they're hindering your performance in the gym and you're having any bloat well then that's pretty much too much carbohydrate you're you're doing before training yeah i don't notice like the bloat in particular during the training but it's just like a right now it's kind of just lingering just war yeah yeah that's Yeah. yeah 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 So, and do you feel, do you feel like that when you're like, you're walking around the gym or you're doing your sets, you just feel like you've got a lot of water in your stomach? No, it's just like, it, when I look at it, I'm like, Ugh. It, yeah. I don't really yeah. necessarily feel it, but sometimes, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, I'm not going to give up my oats and protein, but sometimes with my schedule, I have to eat and then immediately go to the gym. So sometimes like before leg day, something like the oats can feel kind of heavy for the first yeah, half yeah. of the workout. How much do you have? Uh, 1.8 cups. 1.8 ounces, uh, 50 grams. Or, yeah. Yeah, so that, 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 I mean, that's, it's not too much. It's not too much in fairness, but you have to consider the fiber that's in oats. That can actually, that can actually just um, cause a lot, a lot of the stress in the gut. Mm-hmm. So if you're eating fiber, especially before training, then all that water will be stored in the intestines when you're training. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what's happening. Whereas if you, uh, if you were having oats, I would be having that at least maybe two or three hours before you train. Not not an hour, not half an hour, at least yeah. two or three hours. Yeah, sometimes I just can't. Like if I'm on a night shift, then yeah, that can make that work. But like before a day shift, when I'm getting up at three in the morning, it's like eat and then go to the gym. Like there's no time. I'm not going to get up an hour early at two just to eat, you know, so. And what, would, you not, would you not have them after, after training? I could have them after training as long as they don't go away. That's the only thing. No, I, 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 
<laughs> so what I would do there is then I would, I would when, when you train in the morning, I would do an intra shake. So I would just focus on just having some like some sort of aminos, maybe throw in a little bit of cyclic dextrin for a little bit of carbohydrate, maybe 10 grams. And then after training, then have your post workout, uh, your oats and your protein, throw in a few berries in there. Because this is when your body's actually going to be craving that food. So your body's going to be, your insulin levels are going to be up here. So your body's going to be craving that sugar. Your body's not craving sugar before training, especially when you wake up in the morning. The last right. thing your body wants when you wake up in the morning is sugar. Your, your no, body yeah, wants during, sugar after training. Yeah, like not, before we took out the oats during prep, I mean, at, around the time I was starting to get more hungry with lower calorie. Yeah, when I would wake up, it's like, well, the oats and protein are great. It's my favorite meal of the day. Um, but, you know, the cravings for stuff would come later in the day. So it's like, mm. I'd almost rather satisfy that craving with the protein or the protein and the oats later in the day and then not deal with yeah. that in the morning when I'm not that hungry to begin with. So, yeah. And I think, I think, I think that food will soak up a lot quicker in your body after training because those nutrients will be pulled into those muscles. Right. Should yeah. she have any protein along with those pre-workout carbs, pal? No. Just with Jordan training, I would say That's if you're going to be doing it, if you're going to be doing it like an amino acid Jordan training, just make sure it has the nine aminos in it and just about five grams. And then if you're, I would personally say um, maybe add about five or 10 grams of cyclic dextrin. But if money is an issue, then you don't need it. Um, and if it's a, if money is a major, major issue, just drink water during your workout. And then after training, that's where you'll have your, your post-workout uh, meal. That's when your body will actually say, listen, okay, I've done the work. Now it's time to eat those carbohydrates. Have a little bit of sugar. Your body, your body will actually absorb that food a lot quicker. I agree with that. I've, I've heard that too. Okay. So pre-workout is simple carbs only. And then post-workout is basically the oatmeal. It's basically the oatmeal uh, because it has the fiber. Um, cause, uh, cause I'm, I'm, I'm with you too. Whenever, whenever I have fiber or just, I don't need fiber anymore, obviously, but like, um, but when, when I would have fiber anywhere from an hour or two before a workout, it's just, I, I would just feel weighted down. I mean, I, I, I literally needed my sweet potatoes to wait to, 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 um, be fully digested or at least mostly digested by the time I started training. Yeah. So Carly, this is what you, this is what you, you would, this is what you would do. Okay. So if I was working with you, I'd be saying like, listen, what time do you train in the morning? Um, if you're asking me for real, uh, it depends, but most of the time anywhere from 4am to 9am. Okay. So that, 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 that meal that you have before you go to bed is going to be your pre-workout meal. Yeah. Okay. So yeah, your pre-workout. The nice thing that's a sweet potato and a steak too, because that's going to yeah. take a yeah. long time to digest. Yeah, exactly. Fully, so, gly fully yeah. glycoloaded, ready to go in the morning. Yep. Yeah. So that that means when you wake up in the morning, you don't need any food. You shouldn't be thinking about any food. Just go. Just wake up. Make sure you're well. You're well hydrated. Get into the gym. Smash it, and then see how you feel after training. Wait about an hour after training. Let the body heal, and then start eating your food. And then start eating your food. And then do that every time you train. Make sure the meal the night before has a good uh, balance of proteins, fats, and the, the amount of carbohydrate that your body requires when you're training. Okay. Now there are times where I will have to train one or two clients before I can start my workout. So say I get up at 5 a.m., have a client at 6, client at 7, and then I can't work out till 8. Should mm -hmm. I be eating some fruit before I go train that first client? 
or having some that maybe a shake or something with a simple carb and the aminos or or yeah, still so I yeah, so I would I would say um if you're gonna be doing three hours of work and you're gonna be training pretty much after that, then yes, I would be making sure you're getting some sort of um food into your body um a little bit of protein and a little bit of carbohydrate because again you're only going to be you're going to be training like pretty much 60 minutes or half an hour later so i would say just maybe a, a quick protein shake or what you could do is just say right okay i'm not going to eat anything up to the training but i'm going to bring my um shaker cup into the gym with me but i'm going to make sure it has aminos in it i'm going to make sure it has some creatine in it a little bit of carbohydrate so that'll fuel me through my workout um, but if you can eat, if you can eat between 60 minutes and 90 minutes, then I would prefer that. And I would go for, I would opt for something that's going to be very, very a simple carb, like something like baby rice, something, something simple. Um, and add something like a fast protein that will help, um, that will get rid of the body a lot quicker. So like something like whey protein, um, chicken, chicken's very, very good as well. Like white fish, stuff that's actually going to digest properly a lot quicker. <laughs> I can't she, do fish she, in the morning. That's she's never going to eat fish again. Trust me, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Not in the morning. Oh my God. <laughs> so whey, whey protein, about 30 grams of whey protein, mix it with your uh, baby rice food or something like that. And um, maybe a handful of berries. That should be a good pre-workout meal. That should be fully digested in 90 minutes. And then you're ready to rock. Okay. That makes sense to me, but to hear it from several other people definitely helps. Cool, good stuff. I was, my, my suggestion was going to be if, if you have that kind of schedule in the morning, then just politely ask your clients if they can train later so that you can train first thing in the morning. Well, you know, well that's the, that's the oh, problem no. because, like, I, I work, you know, I, I train part time. So the limited time that I can squeeze my clients in, it's like it's a time crunch, and half the time they got to work at a certain time. So it's yeah, yeah, the, yeah. the fact yeah. that I can even train people on the side is I, I amaze myself with that constantly. <laughs> yeah, seriously. How, how's a, how's June doing, by the way? Really good. Making good progress. Uh, he's just loving it. So I can tell he's just got this big smile on his face. He's got the best attitude in that gym. I swear. Oh, he does. He, we trained last night and I was telling him about the show. And then he said that he had watched one of your YouTube videos and he's like, I think it hinted me towards your show. I don't, he's like, I don't know if you watched it, but I saw some hints that right before you competed <laughs> or something like that. And I was like, oh, I, I think I saw that one. I can't remember, but he's yeah, like, he's always so, watching so like if you're, Yeah. So like if you're in a training video, I'm always plugging like our podcast with you and like other videos with you and kind of same. So that's, pro that's probably, that's probably what he saw. Yeah, probably. So no, everyone's super fun to train. Everybody has different goals. So, I mean, you know very well, this is hard because you can't just do a cookie cutter program for everybody. It has to be tailored to their goals and their progress and just the way, like their experience in the gym even too. So it's it's, it's way more challenging than I thought, but man, it's fun. It's like an hour. Pro I, I don't know how long it takes you to write a workout plan or, or, or mark you, but it, but like it for, for, for me, it, I got the picture, I got a picture of the athlete on my phone because everybody texts me their progress pictures by phone. Right. And so I have my phone in front of me. I got one monitor with my database with 300 YouTube videos of the people like you or whoever it is doing the exercise, trying to have less me, more athletes. And then I got the work, I got my workout plan on my other monitor and I have every single plan that they have done on paper in front of me. And so, I mean, like, I don't know how, I don't know how to do it any other way. How, how can, how, like, you, you, you need, you need to know what they, what they've done, what their body's used to and what it's going to take to get from the shape that they have to 
um, if they're if they're competing, then I got it. Th then I have a side by side of that and whoever won the overall in that category the same show last year, because this is this is this is art at the end of the day. You know, there's there's the people with the scientific approach. Great, I'm not that kind of guy. This is this is art the way that I look at it. I don't know how to do it any other way. Right. Well, you probably have it harder because everything has to be so specific if you have a bodybuilding client and especially one in prep. Um, most of mine are, are lifestyle clients with uh, some have like athletic goals, some have weight loss goals, but yeah, it's a, a handful of hours, but you know, I only take on five or six clients as my max because I want it to be about the quality of yeah. the service they get and the quality of their program. Not how many clients can I get? How much money does that equate to? I'm doing this not because I need the money. I'm doing it because I enjoy it. And I'm finally ready since I've had so much success in my athletics, I want to be able to share some of that knowledge and experience with other people. And this is perfect for that. So it's more about the quality of people's programs and their results, not how many clients can I say that I can squeeze in in my free time, you know, that doesn't do anyone any good. And I, if it wasn't about, if my time was not done, precious, they can tell if you're doing that. Well, exactly. And like, my, my time is precious. Otherwise I'd do this for free. I love it so much. <laughs> yeah. Mark, does that, does, does that sound familiar, bro? He just, he was, he was just telling me last week, he was like, never, ever, ever worry about the money. You treat people right. The money will come. It always comes if you treat people right. However, mm -hmm. Mark, uh, you got, you got what, like what, 80 clients, right? Oh, oh my God. Yeah. Oh, you don't even want to know. I'm working with 91 at the moment. <laughs> yeah. I'm over here like five. <laughs> I know, but most of my clients just stay with me for a long time because we yeah. do, um, we do like seminars and we do talks during the week. Like I'll get, I'll get a, a person on. And like a Facebook page, someone that's done really, really well, and they'll tell their story about like PCOS or diabetes or because I've reversed an awful lot of conditions like you, Taylor, or I'm um, sorry, Carla. Um, I've, deal, I've dealt with an awful lot of people that when it comes to lifestyle, when it comes to health issues, and I've pretty much reversed every single one of them. Um, and I, I try and get as many of them on the show as possible because they're a role model. Um, and like you, I try and get at least maybe eight a month. But most of my clients just stay, stay with me because of the value they get out of it. And like you, I do, I'd actually do it for free because I love hearing the stories. And it's not because they've, they've reached, it's not because we're, I'm still working with them. They've actually reached their goal. They just want to stay on because they like that community. So that, that in itself is just, is just valuable. So when I take somebody on, they're not just listening to me. They're listening to, to like another 50 or 60 women that have been in the same situation. So most of my work is already done before I actually take the person on. So it's just all word of mouth. So, I mean, I've got, um, I've got a waiting list at the moment and I was looking at it today. I've got nearly 22, 25 people ready to, ready to go in the next two, three weeks. And see, that, that's what, that's what blew my mind, bro. When you told me that, um, I think it was last week on that phone call, right? Which was, I think that was, you know what, that was the morning of your show, Carly. That was, that was, that was my cardio for the morning. I was like, I don't have time to go to the gym. I'm just going to put some ankle weights on and go for, and go, go for a long walk and walk, walk Zion and call coach Mark. I can't run, of course, because my foot's broken. Right. So, uh, um, but, but, but yeah, dude, you're the first, the first phone call that, that I had, that I had with you was, was so mind blowing because I looked at your Instagram profile and no offense, but I'm just like, he, he's not really on the marketing game. And I'm like, 
he doesn't have to be. <laughs> it's just been word of mouth. I mean, what if you started training people for free at the pan when when the pandemic started, right? And then it just it just kind of spread like yeah, for, yeah. For six months, I just took family on, friends on, never asked for a penny, never asked for one penny, and then people and you kept had, and you had people back. donating money to you. Like, no, you need yeah, to people were you change people 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 were actually saying to me like, how, how can I give you a donation? You're saving my life. You say I, I've got I got daughters coming back to me. I got uh, uh, sons coming to me. They're saying to me, "Listen, you saved my mother. She was in a really really dark place. You saved my mother. What can we do for you? All this kind of stuff." And then I remember this girl. I remember I took this girl on, and she was pretty obese. And again, this this was through the pandemic. She had nobody to talk to. She or she couldn't even get any um, advice off her doctor. So I, I it was constantly all just through the phone. I, I didn't see her like face to face. It was just all through the phone. And um, we were talking every single day and I told her what to do. I said, just, just do this, just do this for me for the next four weeks. Um, and your life is going to change. And for four weeks, I watched her food. I watched her activity levels. I walked, I watched everything else. And uh, within four weeks, she was nearly 19 pounds down. Um, and then she turned around and says to me, you need to do this as a living. You need to be charging people for this. Because she was a fitness, she was actually a fitness trainer herself. And she lost herself a little. And she just said to me, like, you should, you should go on, you should actually do this full time online. Because I've never actually done anything online. And she said, you'd be very, very good at it. And um, so, and she says, well, I'll get you, I'll, I'll try and get, what I'll do is I'll ask a few people. I'll give you a good testimonial. She put that testimonial out that day within a week. I had 20 clients coming back to me, ask me for training. Wow. Within, a, within, a, within, within one week, I had 20 clients. And I think I charged them, like, I think at the time, I think it was around, I think it was around 80 euros, about $90 a month. So it was nothing, absolutely nothing. And again, I wasn't doing it for the money, but it came, it came in handy. So I was just enjoying it. Um, and then after that, then it, it kept on growing and growing and growing and growing and growing. And I was like, okay, I need, to, I need to increase my prices here because obviously I'm doing something right here. And I haven't looked back since. And when I look at my monthly fee now, I still charge quite cheap. But I do no marketing at all. All my marketing is all down to word of mouth. I, I don't go out and ask for anybody to come on my coaching. I'll probably wake up tomorrow morning and I'll probably have around five or six people on email that are ready to go next week. You should be a business consultant, bro. <laughs> I've always I said this to Cole last week. My my dream would be to go on stage with Colt and do like a seminar of ninety minutes of just talking, like all. Oh, we're, we're making it happen, bro. Oh, you we'll be doing this all the time. <laughs> must because the podcast is already great when you both are on it together. I to do something like that in person. I'd I'd love it. That, that's my dream. Oh, I'd love yeah. To do something like that. Yeah. Low, low that's key, where I. That's where I see. Low, my low key, Carly, it's something that he and I actually talk about every day. We're, we'll, we'll make it happen. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Please. Please do. Yeah. That. That, that to me. Because that. That to me is where I started. Because I started in the fitness industry. I used to work on a cruise ship, and I worked on a cruise ship for ten years. And I remember I used to shadow a, a, a personal trainer, and I remember we did a seminar in front of like a hundred people, and I was so nervous. But I remember, I remember looking out and looking out and everybody, and I was like, "Oh my, what am I supposed to do here? What am I supposed to do here?" But it was one of the best experiences of my life because when I did it first, I want like like you when you do a bodybuilding show, you're like, "I want to do it again. I want to do it again. I want to do it again." And ever since then, I just love public speaking. I could 
you could you could put me in front of a million people and I could talk for ages. No, no problem. Wow, you are one of the few. <laughs> It's 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 one of the it's one of the most exhilarating like uh, euphoric feelings when 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 you, when you, when you have like if it's because my, my background stand up right um, and so when you, when you have a room of people laughing at a joke or they connect on a point that you deliver there's nothing more fulfilling than that it is a really really cool feeling but when you bomb or when you get heckled there is nothing worse <laughs> absolutely nothing worse. <laughs> Oh, I, I cannot imagine. I mean, when I have to present in any way, it's like nerve wracking. I can pull it off and people will say, oh, you didn't seem nervous at all. But internally, yeah. I like get train wreck before it starts. Like so, so anxious. I just don't like all attention on me. I don't like it when people are staring at me and just listening to me. I just don't like that. Yeah, that's the impression I got when you did that post that when you did that routine to your new song. <laughs> well, even still, like on stage, I just have to black everything out because it's not my personality to get on stage almost naked in front of a bunch of people and then to have judges judge my body off of that. Like I just have to black it all out and just pretend it's just me in front of the mirror at body shop just doing my thing. Cause otherwise if I think yeah. about it too much, that's when you screw up. So it's like, just you do, it, do it. In Zion, <laughs> Zion's there for you. <laughs> there we go. Yeah. Good stuff guys. Um, okay. So you're, you're, you're I guess to wrap things up then your, your last, your last meal for the, uh, the, the only thing that uh, is really changing macro wise is just a little increase in, in, in your, um, protein, which is going to be your last meal. I'm thinking that's going to be the time to add it because if you're not going to eat as much food going into the gym in the morning, it just kind of makes more sense to me that that's where that extra food should go first. Um, and then we'll, um, I'll reconstruct the first couple meals, just like Mark recommended. And I'll shoot that over to you in an email. I think that's pretty much it guys. It's been, a, it's been a good, been a good jam. I appreciate both of your time so much. Um, Carly for you, for you taking time out of your afternoon and Mark, um, I know that you're probably about to go to bed here any minute. So, <laughs> um, thanks guys. Just thanks for being a part of this. You know, this, this, this is my dream. A couple of years was to be able to have conversations like this and, um, it's something that I'm really passionate about. So just thanks for the bottom of my heart for, for doing this with me. Seriously. Oh, no problem. No problem. You. Yeah. Well, good stuff. Um, I'd never right. thought that one, I'd ever be on a podcast, but two, to be on your podcast three times. I mean, you're going to have to ask your listeners if they're tired of hearing my voice at this point. Uh, are you are you kidding me? You're, you're, you're <laughs> in a lot of the training videos. And so the people that are competing right now are learning from you. So um that's i'm, I'm sure sure i'll never get that complaint <laughs> <laughs> okay well good as long as we can inspire people that's all that matters so i'm happy with that that's right carly where can everybody go to find you oh i am on instagram at kavachik c which yeah that will have to be spelled out in the show notes i guess um yeah, I'll put, I'll, put the, I'll, I'll, I'll put the phonetic pronunciation there too. <laughs> <laughs> it's probably not going to work, but um, yeah, Kavachik C on Instagram, and I'm I'm on Facebook too, just my first and last name. And I, I do Twitter too, but that's mostly weather stuff. So uh, most of my um, training and mountain climbing stuff is Instagram and, and Facebook, and all my nerdy weather stuff is Twitter. So that's <laughs> um, Kavachik23 if anyone wants to see any of that. But yeah, 
So I don't, I don't, I don't watch the news on TV because I'm a millennial, right? Who does that anymore? We all just use the weather app, but are you on TV? No, I have been, I've done interviews on TV. So I have been on the weather channel. I've been on weather nation and I have been on local news stations for weather interviews, but I'm not the person who's consistently up there. Uh, I do. I don't want to say behind the scenes, but we we basically we create the forecast and then it's disseminated through TV and weather apps and all that. But some of that stuff gets tailored to local companies so like your weather app. The majority of the background data put into that is from us, but the, they tweak. They have algorithms. They tweak things a little bit. That's why it can change so much or it doesn't. It looks wonky sometimes or someone says it's going to be 80 next week. And I'm going to be like, where'd you see that? My weather app. I'm like, well, of course, <laughs> I don't know what they did, but yeah, it's not going to happen. Uh, but so yeah, so sometimes on TV, but I leave it just for the interviews because I just, I can fake it. Like I can get on things like this and seem pretty comfortable. But if I had to do that day in and day out, I'd just get so nervous right beforehand. Um, I don't, I don't know. I think I'd screw it up. I think about it too much. Oh, that's, uh, I'm, I'm, so, I'm so sorry. That's the story I was going to tell earlier about, um, about stage fright and, 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 and nerves and everything was, uh, sorry, you just, it just reminded me though. My first stand-up set, it was at the local 907 in Renton. I don't know if you know where that is. I, so, I don't know Renton very well. Okay, yeah. So if you're going south past Bellevue, um, on on the right, like once you get into into in Renton, there's there's a, there's a whole bunch of like little dive bars and stuff in that area. Okay. Um, and this and, and this is um, a pretty hot um, uh, open open mic. So anyway, I think it was the first open mic I ever did, or one of, or one of the first ones. And I was using the stage name Colt Forty Five, and I bombed so bad, and the guy after me goes. Colt 45, give it up for Colt or not. Sounds like the name of a band that never made it. <laughs> oh, oh, oh my God, no, that's harsh. That, that's, that, that, that's, how my, uh, that's, that's how my short stand-up career started. But <laughs> yeah. so you stuck with it. That's amazing. I would have been like, well, oh my gosh, everyone hates me. This is not for me. I can't do this. <laughs> yeah, I stuck with the stand-up for a while, but definitely went away with the stage name. <laughs> oh, I think that's an awesome stage name. Whatever, Colt Milton works too. <laughs> <laughs> I just can't use it anymore because of that. I'm like, Ugh, no, too yeah. many. I don't want to relive. Oh that. man! <laughs> Otherwise, that's really clever. I like it. Thanks. I feel better now, Mark. <laughs> there you go. Maybe you can start using it again. Get back into stand up and use it. Yeah, Mark. Where can people go to find you, sir? Obviously, other than word of mouth. You can find me on Instagram at fitnessbeyondtime01. Awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much again, both of you, for your time. Carly, we're going to get you bigger, stronger, and hold on to that conditioning as long as we can so that when you're on, yeah, look at that. So that when you're on the top of a mountain in the Alps, you're going to get a front double bicep picture. Ooh, yes, I will try to remember to do that, and that means need a successful summit to do so. Yep. And then maybe we can have like a pep talk with Coach Brandon and everything to see what angle should be. I think you should do the side chest pose actually. That if if there's a, like of all of all the wins that we had from this last prep run, I think that's the biggest one. I got to give it to it was it was Brandon's idea, right? Yeah, yeah. All all posing stuff with Brandon, um, except I made my own routine this time around. But um, for the most part, but yeah, all the angles we tweaked for for this show, yeah, all that was him. So good stuff. 
All right. Yeah. We'll send him a good picture and that'll make him happy. <laughs> there we go. Perfect. All right. Love you guys so much. All right. Right, guys. Uh, See you there. Yep. All right. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> See you guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us in this entire episode. If you found this helpful or entertaining, as always, please shoot this over to a friend. It takes a couple seconds and it really helps the growth of the channel. So thank you so much, everybody, that's been doing that. Um, any of my coaching information, you already know, it's all on supersetyourlife.com. Coach Carly and Coach Mark, I'm sure I'd both love to hear from you too. So make sure that you're following both of them on the Instagram. Their information is in the show notes. God bless you. And we'll catch you on episode 150, which is going to be the next one. Because this is 149. So yeah, like 149 plus one, the next episode is going to be 150. Love you guys. God bless. Catch you next time.